Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's up, Raider Nation? Matt Holder with Silver and Black Pride here. We've done it, guys. We've got through the summer and the NFL season kicked off yesterday and the Las Vegas Raiders open up with a quote-unquote away game against the Los Angeles Chargers this Sunday. I know I can't wait for this weekend, and I'm sure you can't either, but before all that, we've got to go over the news for the week, the first injury report of the season, and of course, answer your mailbag questions. So let's get to it. I'll start with a few roster transactions as the Raiders added wide receiver Keelan Cole and offensive lineman Alex Bars to the practice squad on Tuesday. Both Cole and Bars were in Las Vegas for training camp, but obviously didn't make the final 53-man roster. Now they're back with the silver and black, and defensive tackle Kyle Pecco was also signed to the practice squad this week, making it 15 out of 16 P-Squad players who were with the team during training camp. In corresponding moves, undrafted rookie edge defender Zach Van Valkenburg was released from the practice squad, and Metali German, who signed at the beginning of the month, was placed on the practice squad injured list. Speaking of the practice squad, DJ Turner spent all of last season there, but managed to make the team's 53-man roster at the end of training camp this time around. Turner spoke about his journey recently and weighed in on his versatility and role in special teams during a press conference this week. Special teams is as important, if not more important, than any other phase of the game. Especially in this level, you gotta be able to do everything, Turner said. So, I spent some time back there returning, but I also tried to hone in on being a gunner, being a guy on kickoff. Even if I had to go on a couple of front lines for the kick return and block, I try to take all of those and be the best at all of those because you never know. You might, they might need you to fill in right here one week, might need you to fill in there one week. I feel like versatility in all four phases of special teams is big for everybody, not just myself. Just versatility on special teams. I'm sure just being a returner won't be enough because, I mean, we have plenty of returners on the roster or plenty of guys that can go back there and do just that. Just being able to be moved around and, like I said, make yourself as available as possible for the special teams coaches. I feel like that always plays a big part in it. That's a good philosophy for Turner to have, seeing as he is towards the bottom of the receiver rotation, so special teams will keep him on the roster, and his mindset going into the season is perfect as well. Even though it's the initial 53-man roster, I feel like every day is still up for grabs, Turner said. You've got to go out there and you got to compete and be your best every day because, like I said, the nature of the business is you never know. So just going to continue to work and continue to get better every day. So he's clearly saying all the right things. Now it's just about keeping up that mentality over the next 18 or more weeks. Rookie defensive tackle Matthew Butler also spoke to the media this week and shared his thoughts on the team's trip to the Hall of Fame. I grew up watching football, Butler told reporters. So when you see a D lineman like Deacon Jones, who played way back when, before I was live, I know who that is. And when you see guys who were part of the fearsome foursome taming California, that's great. It's really inspiring, and nonetheless, you just take it day by day and keep your head down and be the best version of you every day. Butler went on to reiterate that last statement about being your best every day of every week in the NFL. Every day, I just try and go out there and work and make the most of every opportunity. Try to pave my way with this team and see how I can contribute to this game as well, Butler said. No surprises, but a lot of ah moments. You're always trying to learn the game, learn from the best, learn from your coaches. You can even learn from different position groups and leaders on this team. 
learn just how to carry yourself day by day, and things like that. A few good quotes from some young guys to get you guys fired up for the season, baby. I also wanted to share a few roster rankings to give you guys a little bit of extra motivation for the season. Granted, we aren't the ones out there playing, but you know what I mean. The first comes from the Athletics' Mike Sando as he pulled five NFL executives and had them rank every roster in the AFC. The Raiders came in at 8th in the conference with an average ranking of 7.6. However, there was quite a bit of volatility among the execs as Vegas was ranked as high as 3 by one of them and as low as 11 by another. Pro Football Focus was next up as they slated the Silver and Black as the 21st best roster across the entire league, citing the offensive line as their, reason, as their biggest reason why. Here's to proving some people wrong this season. Before we move on to the injury report, I just want to rattle off a few quick notes about the Raiders and around the league. The first is our season-long Pick'em Challenge at Silver and Black Pride is back for another season, so if you haven't signed up already, go to our website, search for the Pick'em Challenge, and follow the instructions in the article. Looking forward to competing against you guys this season. The Raiders hosted a few players for visits this week, the majority of them being linebackers. On Friday, backers Alec Ogletree and Reggie Ragland, who have both played for defensive coordinator Patrick Graham in the past, were in Vegas, and so were defensive backs TJ Carey and Jaron Williams. You might remember Carey from his days with the Raiders back in 2014 to 2017. And then on Wednesday, the Raiders brought in another linebacker in Jamie Collins, who spent the beginning of his career in New England. According to ESPN's Adam Schefter, former Las Vegas Raiders president Dan Ventrell has landed a new job as the executive vice president of the WWE, and Ventrell will be reporting the WWE chief of content officer, none other than the game himself, Paul Triple H Levesque. Pro Football Network's Aaron Wilson tweeted out that the Steelers will be retiring former running back Franco Harris's number when the Steelers take on the Raiders on Christmas Eve. The game will also serve as the 50th anniversary of the infamous Immaculate Reception, where Harris scored the game-winning touchdown. That'll do it for the news this week, and the injury report has a lot of good news for the Raiders, as it's bare. On Wednesday and Thursday, not a single player on Las Vegas' roster was on the injury report, including star tight end Darren Waller, who had a hamstring injury, but now is reportedly okay. While we're on the topic, Pro Football Talk's Mike Florio reported Thursday that contract talks between the Raiders and Waller's new agent, Drew Rosenhaus, have been progressing, and the goal is for the two sides to reach an agreement before Sunday's season opener. As for the Chargers injury report, cornerback J.C. Jackson hasn't practiced yet as he recovers from ankle surgery, and he will reportedly be a game-time decision this Sunday. Jackson did get his walking boot off this week, which was seen as a big hurdle he needed to cross to be able to suit up against the Raiders. That's something to monitor over the next couple of days. Backup tight end Dylan Parham also hasn't practiced with a hamstring injury, and backup running back Isaiah Spiller was listed on the report with an ankle, but has been a full participant. And that'll do it for the injury report. Here we go, mailbag time. And as your weekly reminder to have your questions answered on a future show, either tweet them at me, adamholder95, or email them to sbpquestions1 at gmail.com, adamholder95 on Twitter, or sbpquestions1 at gmail.com. First question, what's the Raiders' offensive going to look like if the offensive line can't pass block? With a frowny face. And not even an emoji, like the old school two dots with the semicolon, and, or the colon, I guess, and then the, the half parentheses, which I have respect for, and I appreciate it. Bring me back to my old T9 text days. But what's the offense going to look like if the O-line can't pass block? I think it's going to look a lot like what we saw in the Hall of Fame game. 
where they ran a lot of screens to the running backs. That was one thing that I noticed that really stood out to me about McDaniels' game plan in that one was they ran a ton of screens to just about every running back that was out there, probably partially because they were trying to evaluate them. But I think that'll probably be a big part of the game plan to try and invite those pass rushers up the field and then dunk it over their heads to a guy like a Josh Jacobs, maybe a Brandon Bolden, and even Amir Abdullah, who I think has uh, emerged as a kind of a surprise during the, uh, the preseason here. And I think with that, or how that can help the, the rest of the game is that makes those guys think twice. It makes them think if, hell, if they beat whoever's playing right tackle right off the jump, maybe they'll think it's a screen because they barely got blocked by him. And it kind of just puts that in their pass rushers the back of their head so that they kind of have to worry about it, especially if you do it early on. And it can help, help the offensive line, help them slow them down a little bit. The other thing I think they're going to do is they're going to get the ball out quick. Um, you know, that was one of the things McDaniels was known for last year with Mac Jones and it's kind of been known for even with Tom Brady um, was getting the ball out quick. Usually his quarterbacks are towards the uh, towards the lower end of the uh, time to throw metrics. So I think that's going to be a big part of it. And I think we're going to see a lot of 22 personnel where Foster Moreau or excuse me, 12 or 22 personnel where Foster Moreau can come in the game and probably give at least some help in pass protection, maybe stay in on a few times. Obviously, you're not going to have Darren Waller do that too much because he's such a good receiver. But Moreau can at least hold his own a little bit in pass protection and give that right tackle some help. Obviously, can chip block as well. So I think that's going to be the biggest thing. It's going to be a lot of quick game, a lot of screens, and then a lot of uh, extra tight end sets where they'll have a guy you know, give that right tackle or that right side uh, of the offensive line some more help. Next up, over under Devontae Adams, two TDs in his debut. Man, you're not even going to give me the hook with one and a half or anything? That's cold-blooded. I mean, if you're going to make me do two, I'll say under, just because obviously if he gets two, it's a push, and three would be a lot. I mean, I know we're all hopeful for him, and I would love it if he had three touchdowns, but that's a lot for an NFL game. So I think think he'll probably get one. I think they'll try and feature him. They'll try and obviously... um, you know, target the guy that they paid a bunch of money to in the offseason. So I think he'll get one, but more than two, that'd be pushing it. That's a lot. Even with the, uh, even with the, if JC Jackson can't play, I think the Chargers DBs are good enough that they're not going to let him get entirely loose. I think Brandon Staley will have a game plan to take him away at least. And then the pass rush, which we were just talking about, could play a factor too. But I feel like he'll have one. I feel like he's going to get one against the Chargers and, uh, and make us happy. Number three, what do you see Patrick Graham focusing on in regards to stopping the Chargers offense? Three things. Pass rush, pass rush, and pass rush. I think one of the biggest deficiencies on the Raiders defense that I'm sure you all know is, is the secondary, which can be a little bit worrisome with a couple $20 million wide receivers and Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. But I think where the, the Raiders can kind of get to the, uh, the charge a little bit is in the pass rush department. It's kind of funny. I feel like the, the Raiders and Chargers are going to have similar uh, game plans defensively. So I think they can take advantage of the Chargers' right tackle. Last year it was Storm Norton, who Max Crosby abused. This year it's going to be Trey Pipkins, who was a little bit better, but not a whole lot. So I think they'll try and overload that right side, maybe see some twists and, twists and stunts so that Graham can uh, manufacture some pressure as well. And that's one of the things with Justin Herbert is he's obviously a great quarterback and a great player. He's not good under pressure. I think when I was writing an article earlier this week, I, I was doing some uh, just some research on the PFF grades and all that good stuff. And Herbert was like sixth in passing grade from a clean pocket, but drops down to like 15th or 16th. So middle of pack for the NFL when he gets starts facing pressure. So I think that's going to be the biggest point of emphasis. That was what they did a lot last year. Um, obviously, Patrick Graham wasn't involved in that. 
But in the second game, that's what they did a little bit last year to try and get him, um, and that was part of their game plan where I think they can, if they can get after Herbert and make him move and make him start to panic a little bit, get some happy feet, that's going to go a long way and really going to help out that secondary and probably going to be the game plan for a lot of games this year, but especially I think this weekend to try and make make uh, make it, make Justin Herbert a little bit more uncomfortable back there because obviously the secondary is going to need a little bit of help too. All right, that'll do it for this week. Just in case anyone needs a reminder, the Raiders will kick off at 125 PST against the Chargers, and the game will be aired on CBS. As always, thank you guys for listening. Make sure to follow me on Twitter, AdamHolder95, follow Silver and Black Pride, rate, review, subscribe, and download wherever you listen to podcasts. Raiders football is finally back, and I'm looking forward to having a fun season with you guys. Until next time.